0: And I read a couple little things this week. Uh, It said, uh, a new mother said, I'm I'm too much pregnant now. I'm too much pregnant now. When will my baby move? And someone said, with any luck, they'll move after they finish college. (laughs) Another mother says, it takes about six weeks to get back uh, to normal after you've had a baby. Another mother said, that somebody doesn't know that once you've had a baby, normal is history. So... (laughs) Uh, it seems appropriate that on Mother's Day that we would start a series uh, on the family. You know, it's, uh, it just seems appropriate since the, such a great responsibility and importance of mothers and, and the importance that mothers place on families that we start our series today. And if you remember back during our Rebuild series uh, this year, uh, God inspired us uh, as leaders to continue our vision of reaching people. And the way that God called us to do that was by rebuilding our student ministries and, and the infrastructure of this building. And, and we've got, we're pretty close now to installing all of our new heating and air conditioning and getting that ready to go. And so, yeah, we're excited about that. Um, it'll be a brand new summer when we have uh, air conditioning that's dependable in here, we hope. And, uh, and, and also our church in Smithfield that God gifted us with and we're taking a mission team down this week uh, to Smithfield, Virginia, and there's about 20 people going down, and we're gonna do some things there that we're excited about, and God has begun to open doors in that community, and we're gonna be having a dinner there and casting vision in the community, and we got some people there in uh, Smithfield that are interested, and so we know that God has called us to do that because he has uh, begun to bless those areas. But it's more than that. It's more than those things. Uh, If you want to know more about Rebuild, if you just see Pastor Jason or email us, uh, uh, we'd love to talk to you more about Rebuild if you missed out on that. But but it's more than that. God is calling us to continue to fight as a church, continue to fight to reach uh, people who don't go to church anywhere else. You know, we're not interested in transfer growth. We're interested in reaching people that don't go to church anywhere because that's what God has called us to do, God's called us to fight for you, for families, and, uh, and we're gonna do that. God's called us to fight for our wives, our husbands, our sons and daughters, and, and to rebuild uh, the family. Now, if you look back with me to Nehemiah chapter four, verse 14, uh, we were inspired during that series with this verse, and it's kinda of been hung there with us, but the Bible says, Nehemiah said, after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord. You know, uh, when, when we are faced with situations in our life that, that scare us and frighten us as, as families, as parents, and, and, and even as uh, uh, children, uh, the Bible says, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord." And the Lord. And the Bible says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome the Lord who is great and awesome. I want you to repeat that after me. You ready? I want to go from remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Okay, ready? Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families. You know, when the enemy comes roaring in like a roaring lion and he wants to destroy your family, destroy your marriage, destroy your children, the Bible says, Nehemiah says, remember the Lord who is great and awesome And fight for your families. We give up way too easy these days. And it says fight for your families, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. So over the next six weeks, we're going to talk about how to fight, how to rebuild or or strengthen our families. As you know, uh, and when we talk about families, as you know, the Brady Bunch has left the building. Uh, the, the little house on the uh, the little house we live in no longer resembles the one on the prairie and we we have moved from father knows best to we aren't sure daddy knows anything you know and and that uh, that's kind of our culture today to to put down the man and to make fun of the man and and and, and the day we live in is different than those days. those days are gone forever you know. Uh, leave it to Beaver, it looks fun and all that, but those days are gone. The climate for families in America today has changed. The climate has changed. It's not as friendly to the family as it used to be. This day we live in has impacted, and it's shaping our families. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful as believers, as people that trust God with our families, if we're not careful, the culture will begin to redefine family as it's trying very hard in our culture today to redefine the family. And if you're a believer today, and if you're a a father today, or you're a mother today, it is our responsibility not to let the culture dictate to us how we will raise our families, and what we believe family is all about today. And so, I want to just give you some of the ways the family is changing. The, uh, not the Bible. The statistics tell us in USA Today, they says the the traditional nuclear family is diminishing. Only 21 percent of American families were made up of a wor- are made up of a working dad and a stay-at-home mother and children. Now, in my day, when I was growing up, mothers stayed home, dads went to work, and 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 that's not the family anymore. It's only 21 percent. The mom stayed home. She did work, believe me. Harder than we worked to work probably. But stay-at-home dads, they tell us, are rapidly increasing. In 1970, uh, two years before I graduated from high school, one in 100 stay-at-home parents was a dad. Now it's one in seven are stay-at-home. Nearly 40% of births last year were to unmarried women. Nearly 40%, almost half were to unmarried women and yet teen pregnancies are declining showing the increased trend of women having children outside of marriage They wanna be a mother. Uh, 50% of parents with children from a previous marriage are starting a new blended family with their current partner or spouse. Generation Y was faster to grow up and yet they no longer see leaving their parents home as a symbol of adulthood. In other words, children are staying around longer and living in the home longer, and sometimes they move out and come back and they bring more people with them. <laughs> but families with several generations, including grandparents that now live in the same home, surge from 26 to 49 million. New laws allowing gay men and women to marry are now legally recognized as family. Time Magazine reports that more couples are deciding not to have children. Nearly one in five women are exiting their childbearing years without children. Double the rate from the 70s. Now, with all that in mind, we have to uh, readily admit that family in America has changed. And we have to readily admit uh, that we are probably living in the most anti-Christian uh, family time in the history of the world biblically based biblically uh, uh, principled families now of course all through history the the family has been under attack because the enemy knows that the stronger the family the stronger the church the, stro- the stronger the uh, the church the stronger the community the stronger the nation and so the enemy can destroy and break down the family he's going to break down the nation and break down the home most most of all what what's new Although it's nothing new, but what's new is the attacks the enemy is using to destroy the family. We, we will never be able to go back to yesterday and we must deal with today and tomorrow. And we need, we need to know how to maneuver as believers in this world, in this world that we live in today. However, even though we live in changing to, or changing times, I still believe that there are some old old truths in the Bible that will never change. That, that today's family needs. You know, uh, the Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. As much as we uh, in America like to change what the Bible says, it won't change. These principles are facts, and, and I believe they're facts, I have faith to believe that the Bible is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and if the Bible says back then it's good, it's good today, and it'll be good tomorrow. And, and there's some truths in there. Families matter to God. And the Bible teaches us that matters, families matter to God. Specifically, your family matters to God. You might think, well, God doesn't care about my family. We got all this going on, and I want to assure you that your family matters to God. He cares about your family. He loves your family. He loves my family, and I thank God that my family matters to Him. So today, I want to, uh, to I want to give you some things that. Uh, We can do as a family, whether we have an intact family, a blended family, a single-parent family, a family with no children, an empty nester, to rebuild and strengthen your family, to strengthen your life even. You say, well, I I don't, you know, I'm just a single person. these, These don't stay home because you say, well, I don't have a family. You do have a family. You have a family right here. We are the family of God. And these principles we can strengthen the family of God with as well as our family. So, so, first of all, we'll look at what the Bible says about the family. Does anybody know, how many brought your Bibles today? You're getting slow, uh, we're getting less and less again. Got to remind you, we're going to we're gonna try to get back, uh, uh, rebuild our love for the Word of God this year, right? And so, to love the Word of God, we got to get into the Word of God. If you got it on your phone, I get it. But that is your phone, this is my Bible. Uh, I got the phone too, so... And never go too far, far from Does anybody know what the center chapter or book of the Bible is? Psalms, which one? It's was the very center. Who said that? What'd you say? You watched online last night, didn't you? I was like last night. So you knew this beforehand. Get a free coffee on me. <laughs> so do you know what chapter one and verse 127 says? You got your message notes out. <laughs> Good job. That's right. Unless the Lord built now, builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Now, I know it's kind of weird, but that verse is the center of the Bible. It's the very center. Unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. And boy, we do that, don't we? We labor in vain because we don't normally turn to the first place we turn is the Bible and turn to the Lord when there's things in our family. We try, to, I got to figure this out, I got to fix this. And yet, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying there's any significance to this verse being the very center of the Bible, but I believe this if God is not at the center of our lives, and if God is not the center of our homes, our efforts to rebuild our strength in our families will be in vain. You see, and so to understand why we need to to, uh, get God into the center, we go all the way back to understand uh, the beginning of humankind, to understand the significance of the family. The Bible says in Genesis 2, uh, 18 through 24, and I combine some of those verses, it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper, suitor for him, suitable for him. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Now, there are two things we learn about the family uh, and the need for God to be at the center of the family. First, the family was God's idea. It's God's idea. He created a family, all the way back to the beginning of time, and, and, there, and it's an institution. It's his institution, so it will always be around because it is the foundation of society. The family is the the foundation of the society. Tony Evans, who's one of my favorite all-time preachers, he said, the breakdown of the family is the single basic reason for the uh, um, generation of the society and of culture. This generation of the society and the culture. In other words, it's the reason that our society and our culture is breaking down is the breakdown of the family. So don't you, doesn't it stand a reason that the enemy would break down the family? Because it's God's family. You see, family is not what the government says it is. Family is what God says it is. And secondly, God made Adam and put him in a perfect environment. Adam had everything he wanted, and yet God said it is not good for man to be alone. That's true whether you're married or single. People were made for people. We need relationships. Whether you're married or not, you need some deep relationships and caring people in your life. Humankind uh, was not made to be alone, so God created a family. Then he looked at it, and he said, it's good. It's good. Family's good. And shortly, uh, uh, so not only do we have to understand uh, God's view on the family, we also have to understand what it takes to build a strong family. And shortly after we built our home in 1995, and we were blessed to get that home. God provided that. I can't even, that's a miracle in itself. Uh, but shortly after we moved into our home, we noticed that it had a crack in the foundation. That's not a good thing. I mean, I said, oh, now we're going crack. I was whining. And And so we called the builder because I looked on the contract and said that foundations have like a 10-year warranty on them or something. And so we called the builder, and and he said, well, that's not good. And so they brought the inspector in from the county, and, and as they dug around and probed around on our house and our foundation, the inspector said that the foundation, the foundation, the one on the corner where it was cracking, was not deep enough. It wasn't dug deep enough. Uh, to support our house. Uh, it's on the, kind of on the side of a hill and that side in the back corner of our house, it wasn't dug deep enough and, and he said, thus the house is shifting and it's beginning to crack and those cracks not only showed up in the foundation, but they were showing up in the drywall because our foundation was not dug deep enough. The whole, where our home was built on. And so they they so they, they dug the foundation deeper. They came out there and dug the foundation deeper, brought a concrete truck in, put the concrete in. And, and because they said the deeper the foundation, the stronger a house would be. And, and there hasn't been a crack since. Because they firmed up the foundation. Maybe there's some cracks in your home today. Maybe there's some cracks in your family today. And maybe the foundation has not been dug deep enough. Maybe the foundation is built on the wrong thing because it's the same with family. When we don't have a deep, solid foundation, we're going to get cracks in our family. We're going to get cracks in our marriage. There are going to be cracks in our children's lives. And so if it's not built on a deep foundation, it will eventually crack, and that's why the family's falling apart today. So to rebuild or strengthen or dig our foundation deeper, there are two things that I believe the Bible teaches us that our foundation of family must be built on. First one is this, and obeying God's direction for your family. Obeying God's direction for your family. Now I'm gonna get those because as clumsy as I am, I'll step on them. God's direction for your family. That's the first foundation. Have you ever tried to put together a toy on Christmas Eve? Man, you got that thing out, and you get it out, and you see all these pieces. And and for many, the the toys are useless unless you're an engineering genius. And and you can't just take all the parts and start assembling them. I mean, if you do, it may take hours or days to put it together. uh, We bought a hot tub at our house. Uh, Have you seen the rubber hot tubs? We bought a rubber hot tub. I know you're saying, wow, that's weird. But it's a pretty good hot tub. (laughs) You got to blow it up, but not like that. <laughs> anyway, I got that thing that had 1,000 pieces to it. I said, oh, my gosh. I, you know, I thought I just to blow it up and put the heater on, it'd be good. And I, but I got the directions out. I followed those directions. and put it together. Boom, together. My brother-in-law, he bought one. He saw it. He said, man, I like that. I'm going to get me one. And he didn't follow directions. took him days. He said, He says, I don't follow directions. And many of us are like that. We don't follow directions. But if you read the directions written by the toy maker at Christmas, because the toy maker made the toy and the toy maker knows how to put the toy together, supposedly, Uh, it works good for an illustration. You can put that thing together in no time when you follow the directions and the kids will have a happy kind of time. But likewise, we need to read the directions for our marriage and our family. And folks, they're not found in what the culture says. The direction to build a strong, lasting foundation that will not crack is found in the Word of God. But it's not only found there, we have to obey that. We have to obey God's directions. We can't just say, well, I got the direction book, but we go ahead and do it the way we want. If we want a firm foundation for our marriage, it's got to be built on the fact that we do what the Word of God says. It's our owner's manual. It's our maker. Our maker made a manual for us to follow. And if if he created a family, then he's certainly gonna give us directions on how to build a strong family. Next, we need to build our foundation on God's word. The Bible says, therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the storms rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, and yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had a good foundation. It was built on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, we've all heard the story of the three little pigs. Anybody have not heard the story of the three little pigs? All right, we've all heard that story. Oh, I saw a hand over there. God bless you. Uh, The... (laughs) (laughs) The three little pigs. They built three separate houses. The three little pigs to protect themselves from the threat of the big bad wolf. Where are you going, John? I see you leaving there. Uh, (laughs) I know you're getting old in the bathrooms. Probably calling, but uh, (laughs) he's gonna not love me anymore. (laughs) But I do love you, John. Anyway, get back to the story. As we know, the big bad wolf he came along and he wanted to destroy the home because he wanted to eat the pigs. Just like our enemy wants to destroy us. The big bad wolf came along and what did he do? He didn't just go huff and puff. He went. He huffed and he puffed and he huffed and he puffed and he blew the first house down. First house down. Why? It made of hay, made of straw. And then he huffed and he puffed and he blew the second house down because it was built on. Sticks, wood. You see, finally, with all three pigs all scared and huddled in the in the number three house, the big bad wolf, he huffed and he puffed and he blew with all of his might. But the house didn't go down. It didn't fall. It stood. Why? Because it was made of brick. It had a strong foundation. And whether your house stands or falls depends on what you build it on on what materials you use to build it. If we build our families based on God's word and his purposes, our family will stand against the assaults of our culture. If we build it on what the world says and the world's values, the first time a storm comes along, and believe me, I've been married 41 years, and I've had as many storms as I've had good weather. And I can tell you right now, after the first five years of our marriage, if we wouldn't have built our house on the word of God and stuck in there and hung on to the word of God, we would not be married today because the enemy was out after us to destroy our home. And we decided back then, years ago in 1980, to begin to build our house on the directions of the word of God and to stand firm on the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. And if we wanna build a strong family, we're gonna have to follow God's directions for the family and the home. And we're going to have to stand on the word of God. You know, people say to me all the time, buddy, what do you believe? And I believe like T.J. Jack said, I don't, have a, I don't have a right to my opinion on things. I only have a right to teach what the word of God says, no matter what I may believe. It doesn't matter. And see, that's what society and that's what culture has done today, and even the church even the church, we, we've we got an opinion on something. This is the way it will be, and this is the way it should be because this is the way I feel. It don't make a hill of beans how I feel, and my opinion does not matter. What matters is God's opinion, and you can take that to the bank, and we need to learn to stand on the word of God, and i got to quit preaching and get going here. All right. Oh, and so... If you're going to you, once you build that firm foundation and you understand where God stands on marriage then we have to we have to fight. You know, we can't be wimps when it comes to family. We can't be wimps when it comes to marriage. It takes real men and women to say, you know what? I am not going to I'm going to stand on the foundation of God's word and I'm going to do what God's word said and then you're going to have to fight like hell to protect your family. Men we're gonna have to stand up and we're gonna have to protect our family. I know it's Mother's Day, but I'm preaching a little Father's Day stuff now. We're gonna have to protect our families. And it's our responsibility. And mom, if your dad, if your husband don't do it or your husband's not around, then you gotta do it. And we gotta do it together. We gotta come together and we gotta fight. And so we were at, we were at Cracker Barrel last week and we saw this little goodie right here. It says, Family rules. And we were sitting there, and I didn't look at the price, but it looked expensive because it was at Cracker Barrel, <laughs> and, and uh, that's turned into Walmart now, Came, or Cracker Barrel looks like Walmart when you walk in now. Anyway, uh, this, we were there, we, ah, we'll get it, no, we won't get it, Now, get it, no. well, we decided not to get it, but we said, man, it'd be great for the series, and this little girl, not little, this young lady was standing there, and, and she was taking it all in, I didn't recognize her, and and uh, but she was listening to us, and we left, and we didn't buy it. So we'll come back and get it later. And and the next morning she shows up at church, and she has this as a gift. And come to find out, she went to Salem Fields Community Church. And I thought, oh wow, I'm sorry I didn't recognize her. So be careful, <laughs> be careful, because you never know <laughs> who's watching. Who? I'm glad we we're a cracker barrel, not down some bar somewhere. Anyway. <laughs> We don't go to the bars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, there are there are some things on there. There's these things that we thought, wow, these are the, these are can be some fighting rules for our family. And the first one is this: work with all your heart. Work with all your heart. Wh- whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. The Bible says. You see, fighting for your family is hard work. It's easy to give up. It's easy to quit. It's easy not to fight. But the Bible says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Fighting with your family in our world today, it will require that you work with all of your heart. Having a strong family in these times will not happen with a a half-hearted effort. Next, be supportive of one another. Now, the scripture that I found that I believe goes really well with this and teaches this is, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. You see, we all need encouragement. And I, you know, I don't think there's anything that a person can be to be more supportive of us when we're going through a hard time is to encourage us, and to encourage one another. And there's no better place to find encouragement but in the family, at the home, man, where the husband encourages the wife and the wife encourages the, the husband and, and the children. And, and there's just a, a culture of encouragement. So be supportive of one another. We need that. You can choose to be happy. Also choose to be happy. Solomon wrote, so I concluded there's nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. Now, Solomon, if you go back and read it, it's quite interesting. He tried everything. I mean, he had uh, gold and silver. He had vineyards. He had all the women that man could want, and one ought to be enough. But he had lots of them. And he had everything that his eye could want, he had. And he said, but I've concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy yourselves. Solomon realized that happiness is a choice. You know how people talk to me all the time? They're talking about getting divorced, and, and they'll say to me, I'll say, well, why, why are you going to get a divorce? Why are you going to leave him? Because he doesn't make me happy. And after all, God wants me to be happy. I think you're getting a divorce because you're dependent on somebody else to make you happy. And I don't think anywhere in my marriage vows it say uh, you can stay committed as long as you're happy. Happiness is a choice. As long as we put that responsibility on somebody else to make us happy, we will never be happy. We have to choose to be happy with the wife. The Bible says be happy with the wife of your youth, to be happy with the children that God has blessed you with, to be happy with the wife that God has blessed you with. So, be happy. Love one another. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Have have you ever heard someone say, well, we just fell in love? You know what that means? We can fall out of love. And many people today are falling out of love because we get married and it isn't what we thought it would be. You know, I do premarital counseling. We require premarital counseling for anybody who gets married now. And people say, oh, I just love him. <laughs> I mean, he's the best. And six months later, they're back and said, I didn't know he'd leave his underwear on the floor. I didn't know he'd <laughs> do It means love is something that you choose to do. You choose when it's not the best time, when things are not the way you want it to be. You say, I'm going to love anyway. I'm going to hang in there anyway, and I'm going to do the things that it need to do because I love. God's, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. And we choose to, he choose to give his life, and we choose to love. Next, be kind and tenderhearted. The Bible says, since you have been chosen by God who has given you this new kind of life and because of his deep love and concern for you, you should practice tenderhearted mercy and kindness to others. Don't worry about making a great impression on them, but be ready to suffer, suffer quietly and patiently. Boy, that's not a very popular thing these days. How many of you are ready to suffer for your family and be patient with your spouse, to be patient with your children? and to be kind when you're not in the mood to be kind. That speaks for itself. A little kindness goes a long way. Comfort each other. Dear brothers, warn those who are lazy. Comfort those who are frightened. Take tender care of those who are weak and be patient with everyone. Our families ought to be a place where we can be frightened and fearful and we can find comfort from the fiery attacks of the enemy because I tell you, we live in a world that's scary. It's scary to our parents, to, to us as parents. It's a scary world that our children live in. And many times we respond out of fear and what our children need sometimes is just to be put in their arms and held and say, I love you, and they find comfort in the fact that they made a D. We used to have parties for D's in my house. (laughs) I made E's in writing. I guess the teachers loved me enough she didn't wanna give me an F. And thank God for computers because I don't have to write anymore. Next, have fun. Have fun. Then I decided to spend my time having fun because I felt there was nothing better in all the earth than a man should eat, drink, and be merry with the hope that this happiness would stick with him and all the hard work that God gives to mankind. We work hard, don't we? I mean, some of you guys get up at, oh, dark hundred. Some of you get up at four o'clock and I only thought there was four o'clock in the afternoon. I might get up at four o'clock to go play golf. But anyway... We need to have a little fun. A family is a place for fun, a a haven for happiness, a place to get down and party, to have a good time. It's a place where you kick back, relax, and take it easy and enjoy your family. That's something I believe that's missing in our homes today. Everybody's so uptight, everybody's so serious and there's no time for fun. You've seen those bumper stickers that says the family that prays together stays together. I believe that, but I say the family that plays together. We'll stay together. The family that has fun. And I think it's a basic problem. I think in a home we just need to lighten up a little bit. Relax and enjoy each other. Next, always be honest. Instead of speaking, instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. You see, you don't you don't tell your kids to always be honest. And then if the phone rings, you tell them to tell them you're not home if it's for you. It's like my dad. I was growing up, my dad smoked like a train. And he'd say, I'll tell you right now, if I ever catch you smoking, I'm going to make you eat that thing. And I'm thinking, why aren't you eating them? (laughs) You see, they watch your actions, not what you say. I love my dad. He still smokes like a train. I remember he told us all he was going to quit one time, and he did. He tried, man. He tried, tried. So he started smoking again. We were on our annual fishing trip, and he told us all he was quitting smoking, and he was over behind the tree, and the smoke was rolling out from behind the tree. <laughs> and I hauled over, and I said, hey, Dad, is that tree on fire? <laughs> so I always tell the truth, no matter the consequences. You know, talking about actions, I was at a funeral yesterday of a good old guy and um, his family and his grandson got up and he said, "My, my grandfather never lectured me much, but he said, I learned a whole lot from him by just watching his life. And our children are watching our lives, our grandchildren. Finally, count your blessings. If you woke up this morning, Uh, I've used this before, if you woke up this morning with more health than illness, you are more blessed than six million who will not survive this week. If you have never experienced the danger of battle, the loneliness of prison, the agony of torture, or the pangs of starvation, you're ahead of five million people in the world. If you can attend a church without fear of harassment, arrest, torture, or death, you are more blessed than those billion people in the world. We were just at a training event with John Maxwell this past weekend, we're talking to people that's been training leaders in China, and they talked about that they meet upstairs in a secret place, and, and they have to collect all their cell phones before they go upstairs in and, and case one would accidentally go off because the government will come in and arrest them. And he talked to one guy talked about a pastor that's been arrested and beaten so many times for sharing the gospel, and you and I, we have the freedom to get up and go to church wherever we went, whenever we want. And if we enjoy that we are blessed. If you have a fl- if you have food in the refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, a place to sleep, you're re- you're richer than 75% of the whole world. If you have money in the bank and your wallet spare change in a dish somewhere, you're among the 8% of the world's most wealthy. Count your blessings every day and name them one by one. And maybe one day you'll realize how blessed you are to have a wife that loves you or to have a husband that loves you are children, that God has blessed you with children. And he's blessed you with his family. And maybe when we understand how blessed we are, we'll fight like crazy to not let the enemy destroy our families. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you, Father, for this great uh, gathering of people today, Lord. Uh, Gay and I have such a privilege, Lord, and we just thank you Uh, that we have such a privilege to serve this uh, church and this community in our state and around the world, Father. And Lord, we know that the enemy is after our families. Even families here today, there are some, Lord, that are just going through difficult times. And Lord, I, I just pray that you would wrap your loving arms around us today as we close out our time together. And Lord, that you would bless each family that's here. And God, that we would remember that your word is the foundation of a strong and lasting family. You know, the strong family and building on the word of God begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in a family today and you're the husband or the wife or the child and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to right now to invite Jesus Christ into your life to be your savior? Will you just invite him in? Just say, Lord, I believe in you and I invite you in to be my my savior. Ask him to forgive you. And you wanna know more about that? If you'll go out to the lobby after we dismiss and there's a table out there or some guys out there that, that would talk to you, some pastors. But Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we all stand? As we close out today, and maybe you're here today and you need to fight for your family. You need to pray for your family. It wasn't on the list, but I believe that's the most important thing we can do. And you'd just like to come and pray for your family. And we wanna pray for you as we close out. So if you just would like to come as a family, and even if your family's well, and you just want us to pray for protection over your family, let's just, as we worship somewhere During this song, just step forward and Gay and I are gonna pray a prayer blessing over your marriage and your home. Oh, and I, a thousand stories away, think you're like, but I.